too many business people focus almost exclusively on the market, the company, its shareholders, and stakeholders. That's its employees, customers, suppliers, and the communities in which they operate. But in today's political age, the opportunities in the market are increasingly shaped by the non-market. I call the forces that comprise the non-market shapeholders, because even though they have little to no stake in a business, they can profoundly shape what opportunities are available to it. They deserve your attention. The prime categories of shapeholders are political, regulatory, media, and activist group actors. What distinguishes shapeholders from stakeholders is that they may not have any stake in your organization, but they can shape your future. The only stake that Greenpeace wants in a coal company is a stake through its heart. Yet Greenpeace can significantly shape the opportunities available to coal companies. A coal or oil company engaging Greenpeace in a manner similar to how it engages true stakeholders, like its employees, will lead to suboptimal results. Shapeholders require a unique approach. That is our focus here today. Not effectively gauging these high-voltage forces can indeed be dangerous to your business. Let's consider just one quick example, Coca-Cola. Well, Coke is doing great things in the marketplaces around the world, it does not always fare as well in the non-market. Coke's new soda dispenser is truly transforming the market. Instead of the usual handful of beverage choices, it lets you choose from over a hundred flavors. Finally, I can get Diet Vanilla Coke with my meal, yes! Yet it is the shapeholders in the non-market that decide whether Coke is offered for sale. Coke may be iconic at the London Business School, but it's banned in Boston, Boston schools, and in all city properties and functions as well. Because anti-obesity activists, one category of shapeholders, pressured politicians, another category of shapeholders, to act. Coke may offer over 100 flavors, but none are available in Boston City Hall. Those who view businesses as a force for ill seek to portray businesses as the heavyweights in Washington and other capitals around the world. They say that businesses really call all the shots. But having witnessed business from both a C-suite office as treasurer of a Fortune 100 company and the halls of Congress, and having engaged globally in both business by helping Pillsbury to buy and expand Haagen-Dazs globally and politically, the thing I was most surprised to learn was that rather than the voice of business and public affairs being like the roar of a tiger, it is more akin to the meow of a kitten. This is not because business isn't big and strong and powerful. It is. But when businesses engage in public affairs, it is too often tentative, reactive, and combative. As a result, businesses face ever-increasing taxes coming and going the highest corporate tax rates in the industrialized world here in the United States. And businesses face layer upon layer of regulations that limit their ability to operate. After years of relying on the invisible hand of Adam Smith and allowing free individuals to pursue their own interests, we are now in an age in which the hand of government is becoming increasingly more visible in commercial affairs.
This is my best photo of how it feels to be a business in a political age after the regulation surge of recent years. You feel that if your business gets even close to 30 kilometers an hour, that that hand of government will reach down from the sky to help you slow down. The increased government intervention in business affairs reminds me of an observation of Will Rogers. If you think you're getting too much government, just be thankful you're not getting as much as you're paying for. It is not just businesses that must learn to successfully engage shareholders. If you substitute the market for mission, you discover that a wide range of organizations are dramatically impacted by shareholders. Minority rights activists succeeded in requiring all hospitals, including nonprofit hospitals, to provide language translation services to patients. The Boy Scouts were significantly impacted by the demands of gay rights activists. The Girl Scouts had to respond to claims by the Rainforest Action Network that their cookies purportedly were made from palm oil from protected forests. City governments have imposed restrictions on where Salvation Army can position bell ringers for their annual holiday fundraising drive. The military's effectiveness depends greatly on whether the hearts and minds at home and on the battlefield are with them or against them. And political campaigns change profoundly every time they alter campaign finance laws. Nearly every organization is shaped by outside forces, just like this artisan shapes this glass vase. All need to be attentive to shapeholders. Organizations too often treat political and activist shapeholders as a nuisance and distraction. Too many businesses simplistically view non-market strategy as finding a way out and putting out the fire. Organizations complain that the politicians, regulators, reporters, and activists, they just don't understand their operations. They're right. They don't. But the reverse is also true. Most business people don't understand the business of politicians, regulators, reporters, and activists either. So businesses and shapeholders are like ships passing in the night, and too often ships colliding in the night. While I was in Congress, a local farmer challenged me to focus on, as he put it, the left side of the decimal point, not on actions that change the price of corn by pennies per bushel, but those that change the price by dollars per bushel. Most businesses are good at engaging in the market, and consequently, most marketplace opportunities are already well plowed. So in today's competitive marketplace, it's hard to find unexploited opportunities for gaining significant advantages over your rivals. Businesses invest enormous effort to sharpen their skills in operations, logistics, or marketing, but partly because their competitors are making similar expenditures, they rarely contribute more than pennies per share to a company's incremental profit. These investments are crucial, but represent the wrong side of the decimal point. Due to this tunnel vision and a preoccupation with functional effectiveness, when it comes to dealing with the non-market and shapeholders, most business people are, as my daughters describe my fashion sense, clueless. Because most businesses engaged in non-market so poorly, the opportunities to differentiate yourself represents the left side of the decimal point, dollars per share. One quick example. The five million people in Ireland can access Facebook, 
but government restrictions have prevented Facebook from being accessible to the more than 1 billion people in China. Google retreated from China to Hong Kong. Allowing Baidu, a Chinese competitor, to capture this vital market will cost each company billions of dollars in lost value. That's dollars a share. That's the left side of the decimal point. If you take the long view, the best opportunity today for businesses, for any organization, to set themselves apart from their competitors, to advance their mission, is to more effectively engage the non-market, working with shapeholders to find win-win solutions that benefit both the bottom line and society. That is the path to succeeding as a business in a political age.